Welcome to Seers, Beers, Knowers, and Doers, a podcast about intuition. Do you know what that is? Intuition to me is that inner sense or knowing that something is true, and yet I have no proof. But there's so many definitions, and there's so many ways it can come. I'm looking to bring together and share with you some amazing guests who have some amazing life stories and also some insights into how intuition can come. I'm looking to gather those crows in the trees. I hope you're one of them. I hope that this podcast inspires you to be more connected to your intuition. And I hope that by doing that, we make the world a better place. Thanks for coming on this journey with me. My guest today is community-minded, both locally and globally. He is a world traveler. He's a dad. He's an enthusiast of this thing called life. He's somebody who has figured out that positive news sells. (laughs) My guest today is Mark Legere. Thank you so much for joining me here today, Mark. I really appreciate you coming. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thanks for having me. Well, I'm I'm the editor of Huddle, and uh, it's uh, a business publication for New Brunswick and soon to be Nova Scotia. Uh, Usually when I say business, I expect people's eyes start to glaze, so I always have to elaborate on what I mean by that. Huddle is really this, um, it's really meant to be, I almost describe Huddle as kind of like, it's like a community community newspaper online. Uh, It's meant to be uh, a place for people to, to learn about, uh, you know, business development and community development in kind of all of its forms. Like, I'm really just interested in creativity and entrepreneurship um, and really just making Huddle feel like it's actually a grassroots part of the community, community and having those discussions about, you know, what it means to, be, to grow and what growth looks like, right? So, right. You know, it can involve, you know, large discussions about how we develop the economy to, you know, around labor force and all those kinds of issues that we talk about, labor force development, right down to that cool cafe that just opened, right, on King Street. That's how kind of small or big it can be. And diverse. And diverse. Yeah. And diverse, definitely. So, like, a lot of the most popular stories in the publication uh, capture that community excitement about... Um, like we're sitting here right now in uptown St. John, for example, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, but it could be Moncton, it could be Fredericton, it could be Halifax. About you know the redevelopment of a street. We're sitting off Union Street, and, and in the last couple of years, there's been a lot of a lot of rebirth and growth on Union Street, from new shops to new housing developments to you know redeveloped historic buildings. I've noticed that when I've come down into Uptown Uptown St. John, which is not how people refer to things and outside of St. John, but it's been neat to see kind of the rebirthing of these old buildings and there seems to be an insurgence of whether it's a, a pub or a gallery, like there's a lot more cultural feel to St. John than there was probably 15, 20 years ago. Is that true? Absolutely, yeah, for sure. And because of that, kind of that entrepreneurial activity, it's created a lot of like community spirit around and conversation around what it means to grow. Mm -hmm. You know, because I mean, in New Brunswick, this is true in the cities and the true in the rural areas. And this is part of Huddle's mission. We become so focused on, and a lot of our conversations are about what we're losing, 
right? So it's people that are moving out to other provinces right. or it's businesses are closing. We've lost that sense of discussing and talking about and celebrating what actually is happening. And when you start doing that, it actually creates further activity. So it's like it, it's starting that conversation about growth that inspires other people to get involved. Yes. And if you get too bogged down, and I know this because I'm like, I mean, I say this all the time, I joke, I'm an old school journalist, right? So I, you know, I had my first major job at the Telegraph Journal and, and I worked at CBC Radio and and I really like those yeah. news outlets. Like I still appreciate them. I read them. I listen to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's this old, like, because so much traditional media was built on upon notions of accountability mm-hmm. and then that it's a bedrock function of journalism. So I would never say that it has no place. But sometimes with that kind of journalism, we can get too lost in the negative. And it's not that we should ignore it because constructive dialogue about what's going wrong in government or in business or in the environment is something we need to have. But the other side to this, which is the positive discussion about what actually is happening that's good, journalists almost see that as kind of like, it's almost like a dirty word. It's almost like a dirty (laughs) word. It's almost like a swear word. (laughs) Yeah, it's like you just... Yeah, we just you feel positive. Well, yeah, it feels to to a lot of old school journalists, it feels it feels promotional. Okay, and they shy away from it. Almost like what are you doing? Focusing on the positive, the grits are at the negative side of things. Yeah, and 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 rebel, you Mark. (laughs) What are you doing, rebelling? (laughs) And not to jump like you know jump into the conversation around intuition you know too quickly here. Oh no. there is no wrong time. I had like a really interesting observation where when I started with Huddle two and a half years ago, I felt, I, I feel the positive community energy. I, I live uptown. I've seen the growth happen. I've been here for 25 years. I've, I saw what it was 25 years ago, which was still a vibrant, wonderful community, by the way. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just growing. Yes. Uh, it was still a pretty cool place to be when I, and people lose that sense sometimes because we, we're seeing our uptowns, whether it's Fredericton or Moncton or Halifax grow. Mm-hmm. And we have this sense that it's just happening now when really it's just a continuation of something that's been ongoing. Right. But, um, or it had a different face. It had a different face, exactly. Like it's like when we age and yeah. we get our gray hair, we look different <laughs> than when we were younger, but it's the same growth, right? Exactly. It's, it's just an evolution of, of, uh, of the person or their place really so no exactly and yeah. making the comparison to how a person grows is the community grows in much the same way and evolves, yeah. right cool so um i had one of my one of my actually one of my earlier jobs way predating huddles i i i was the co-founder of a, uh, an alternative newspaper at st john called here and uh yeah. it was uh, a print paper uh, that we ran operated for about five years back in the early 2000s and the paper was created to capture um, that sense of growth then and in, with a particular focus on youth. Mm-hmm. And so we, it was like a lot of alternative newspapers around North America, it was very entertainment focused as well as news focused, but very entertainment focused. And it was aimed at young people because young people embody that sense. And I'm, you know, there's air quotes around everything I'm saying right now. Yeah. Young people embody that sense of optimism and growth. Yes. Right, and so we created this whole newspaper, and that we operated for about four or five years in St. John and, and in Moncton. And in Moncton, I remember as seeing well. it and reading it. <laughs> and it was great fun. Yeah, we had a great time doing it. But what I realized in doing that is that that was one of my. I was in my late twenties, early thirties then, and then what I realized is that positivity is not a function of age. We do have these discussions around the optimism of youth 
and and it's true. Mm-hmm. But optimism and 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 positivity knows no age. And so here's I was surprised to find here's readers went from eighteen to ninety five. Nice, yes, like I, was, I would believe it. I was bumping into all kinds of people back then who almost apologized. Oh, I'm a here reader. I'm sixty. Yeah. I'm a here reader. I'm ninety. I'm ninety. I'm. 60. And so I developed this. It was an intuitive sense, but it was based on what I was seeing, all the inputs coming in around me that, oh my gosh, this readership that I thought was all about capturing that sense of of youthful optimism with the young population in St. John was actually an ageless thing. And there was people of all age groups that wanted to engage in news um, in in the community in a more positive way. If you fast forward to Huddle, I spent 14 or 15 years after here back in more traditional media, so back in the CBC doing some writing for the Globe. When, when Huddle came talking to me about taking the job there, I, I knew that they had this, I was excited about this sense of producing this uh, publication with a tagline, business is good. Mm-hmm. And they had created that, that Huddle, the, the original entrepreneurs, they created that because they, they, they felt like we were just in the middle of this conversation around the economy and the province that was, it just felt negative. It was mm-hmm. all about and as I said before, people leaving. It was all about businesses closing. It was all about communities dying. Mm-hmm. That's a really not a very good foundation for growth. <laughs> how, I mean, I'm saying true, something right? obvious here. <laughs> it's like an earthquake. Building a house on an earthquake. A fault line. Yeah, like and and I had this. So I had this. I had this intuitive sense, and it was probably based on my early experiences with here. But I had this intuitive sense that they were right. But one of the interesting things, and this is where I find the conversation with intuition interesting is all the other all of the media outlets I'd worked with before whether it was radio or whether it was newspapers a lot of the judgments we were making about what people wanted were it was very intuitive and I don't mean that in a mm. negative way I mean, but we were making a subjective judgments based on what we thought people wanted and maybe needed to know because to know. there's also that intuitive sense that we need to fill people's needs as well as wants. Exactly. Right? So just yeah. like medically, it's like they need this, but I want them to have that. Like the positive side might be seen as a want versus a need yeah. in the traditional media outlets more. I'm not sure if that well, resonates yeah. or not. To, us, to an extent, but it's like... But I think what it, what also happened is that people, journalists, relied too much on, too almost too much on this judgment that what media did most was hold people to account, and give people the news they think they need. Hmm. And okay. that's sometimes where your intuition can be off, right? Because you can think that you have it figured out. Well, and how do you have a pulse on everybody? Sometimes, you can't, right? right? You can't. Yeah. But yeah. but what we what 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 in this back to that conversation around huddle we had this sense that people actually wanted this rounded picture so they they did want to to have this greater conversation around what was broken and how to fix it mm-hmm. or wallow a little too much in what was wrong yeah. but there was also this um, there was this this need for this conversation that was also so this more rounded conversation that included. Uh, a focus on what was not just going right, and but what could go right, and what the were the possible, what were the possibilities, and the optimism. Yeah. And uh, I had the sense that these guys were onto something, in part because of my earlier media involvements, but also my kind of general sense of this neighborhood and this community, and my kind of worldview. 
but I didn't know for sure. It's, but I trusted my intuition and I went with them. Yeah. And what I find really interesting in the conversation around intuition is that it was the first digital publication I'd ever worked for. And True, so eh? what that means is for everybody who like, you know, people are listening who don't know, there, there are analytics. Yes. So true. because of uh, things, tools like Google Analytics and our ability to actually know what people are reading and know, that, you know, basically who they are yeah. in this broad sense. Demographic wise. Demographic wise. Yeah. Um, I discovered this there was this huge appetite for positive news. Like, How I, cool. We love it when it's, surprise. We love it when it's confirmed by analytics. <laughs> but, right? it, but it's interesting because we don't like having those conversations around analytics, right? Because that's like computer modeling and algorithms yes. and all those things that are kind of like scary in some way. Yes. But they, they also can in, they also do, um, there's a validation. There is a little bit of a validation yeah, there. I mean, I sure. don't mean to give those computer analytics too much credit, but we, I once I re- got in there and I realized because at first I thought, well, I'm going to do these like stories that that have this you know positive spin on things, and you know, well, you know, here here's the perfect one, the old that old newspaper, if it bleeds, it leads, yeah, right. That what people really want is they they want yeah. that you they know want the they, gore. they want the gore, they want the bad news. They, if you listen to the the average newscast every morning, it mostly focus still focuses, and if you listen to it as an exercise, it's mostly focused on bad news. Mm-hmm. They don't mean to, because I've been in the producing meetings with the news editors at all of these outlets. It's just priorities. Nobody sits down to say, let's come up with the best, the, the six most negative news items and get them on the air. Like, <laughs> no news editor or news. journalist does that. No. But that's actually the, what hap- that's the collective effort. That actually mm-hmm. is end up what hap- happens when we don't even mean for it to do. So as an experiment, what happens if you take this news outlet and you say, we're not, not that we're not going to do any negative stories. It's not that. We are still going to have that critical, trying to still have the critical function. But by and large, what we're going to try and do is spotlight positive, constructive initiatives, whether they're small businesses or they're you know, economic development initiatives that could help the community grow. We're gonna, that's going to be our main spotlight. Well, I was worried about the numbers because I thought, well, I have this old-fashioned news guy in me that says, but please, it leads. Nobody's going to care about all this good news. Because <laughs> they really... Surprise! That's all they they want to hear about the uh, employment numbers falling. <laughs> right? Surprise? You got surprised? Very surprised. Lovely. Yeah. So, all of a sudden... So, that's what I mean by sometimes the, these analytical tools are... It isn't all just about that kind of some of those nefarious aspects of us being watched by Google and Facebook. I know. Right? I know. It's, yeah. it's, 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 there is that dimension and that's true and it's real. Yeah. Uh, but there always is that there are, there also is that positive side that it, it actually confirmed, confirmed for us that no, there is an actual appetite for this. People actually do care. And they well, get I think it's super like excited. Like you need, like people yeah. crave it almost because we're so bombarded on social media yeah. and on the news and on the radio. Like you're so bombarded with the world's negative. Yeah. It's not just local negative. It's the world's negative. So like we've exponentially been exposed to more negative. I think so. In the last, I don't know, since social media exploded. Yeah. And so that yin yang thing goes on that it's just like give me some good news can I watch a video about a dog that gets rescued and it's happy at the end you know like there is this need with human nature to balance that out intuitively yeah. so here you are as Huddle yeah. saying here it is in, in this community here and everyone globally but 
being able to share a huddle story where somebody's successful or you're spotlighting an artist, something creative that has, you, you spoke about um, the industrial artist who was inspired by the landscape of St. John. Like, how cool is that? And that became yeah. a huddle story that, like, oh my gosh, you know, it, yeah. it's just, it's not only the positive side, but because you're looking at um, the business community through a different lens than we're used to, because it's not all corporations and it's not all big ticket items, mm. you're actually inspiring neurons to go off in people's brains that may inspire them to become entrepreneurial because they have this idea that's creative. That's how I see what you do. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, there's there's an inspiration aspect that intuitively will lead somebody somewhere. That's how I see it. Yeah, or, and you can be talking about for for profit businesses. You can talk about you can be talking about social enterprises, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know, it, there's all kinds of facets to this around, you know, ins- inspiring progressive change in business and having conversations not just about like uh, fossil fuel energy, but also you know, wind energy developments and, and those, and those types of developments where you just open up that conversation. So growth can take so many different forms Mm -hmm. that it doesn't just fit neatly into a box. Like it's, it's, it's an open-ended conversation. I think, but people need, I really do feel that like people do need, they need to be inspired. And so if there's no inspirational function to, any of the media outlets that you see around you where are you gonna you'll find that inspiration through just your own communities and your own network so entrepreneurs will inspire each other but in terms of having that greater conversation right because that's the other thing that we try to do so we're not like with huddle like we don't see our audience's niche like we just really want the business people and the politicians and the community leaders and in interested in what it means to grow an economy like we actually want Right. Everyone engaged in that conversation. Well, and you don't silo yourself with a particular thing. Like, it's like you are the Hoover Dam. (laughs) Like, you've got this, you're you're open to all the tributaries coming. You're not, like, you're open to having both sides of a conversation that may be controversial. Like, Mm. that aspect of things is a little bit different than what we may see in other media outlets. So being able to um, approach you with story ideas that just are inspired by yeah. readers, it's also a neat avenue because they don't have 18 layers to get to the editor. It's an email. It's very direct. Right? <laughs> Which we'll share. <laughs> you know, what is your email for people to share stories in well, Atlantic Canada with you? Or in- probably the easiest one is news at huddle.today. Okay. So that's probably the easiest one. My personal one is L-E-G-E-R dot M-A-R-K at huddle dot today. But news at huddle dot today is probably the easiest one. And your region that you serve, because this is going to be out in the World yeah. Wide Web, what would your... Well, our, basically, well, we're a new, right now we're a New Brunswick publication that's mm-hmm. looking to grow into Nova Scotia. And who knows, it could be also across the country, right? Because we... We see absolutely because that's the thing about something like this is that it's digital. small and and also small. Like let's face it, a lot of the 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 conversation that we have in this country right now is around how how the big cities are growing, right? So how is New Montreal doing, and how is Vancouver doing, and how is Toronto doing? And we so much of the growth 
and progress is taking place in communities across the country that are around the size of where our current area is, is, is Moncton, really, Monc- we're talking about Moncton, St. John, and Fredericton, and then to a lesser extent, but also the other communities in New Brunswick. Right. Um, but most of our stories are generated on the three main cities, and then, you know, Halifax soon. But because we, we know, because the same things, to tell you the truth, is the other, things, the other thing that we've learned is that the same things seem to excite people in Moncton, St. John, and Fredericton. Yeah. Like, really? I know we seem like different communities. We're always like, you know, Moncton, St. John grumbles about Moncton. And yes, yes. Fredericton and Moncton grumbles about Fredericton. We have that part of that our rivalry, DNA. Yes. That rivalry is part of our DNA. Yes. From editing this publication, we all, we all care about the same. We really do at the end of the day care about the same yeah. things. The, the communities look different, right? There's that really interesting French-English Mm-hmm. Uh, mix in Moncton that's so and Dieppe and Riverview that's so interesting and 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 so and, and Fredericton has governments in the university and St. John's still carrying a little bit of that in old industrial character but it's also shifting and growing to yes. you know become a leader in 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 you know wind energy yes. production right exactly little old St. John right I know it's like in refineries right and yeah. it's it's so but at the same time, we're all kind of excited about the same thing in these these three communities. So if you if you take that attitude, it's Halifax, is it Thunder Bay? Is it absolutely? Is it you know small towns in Alberta, small towns in BC? Like I'm not saying that that's where we're going, but you can see you where you can see the possibilities. You can see the possibilities, yeah. right? Because all these small, medium sized communities, they're all like you know, being told they're not the future. I know because the future is in Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal, and Calgary. Then there's nothing wrong with those. I actually love those big cities. Yes. There's a place for each, though. But there's creativity and entrepreneurship and vitality and excitement. And coming back to it, in intuition, you feel it mm-hmm. every day here, right? So that kind of that kind of fuels me. Um, and it kind of fuels the people around me in that way, too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing all this today, Mark. Really excited to future podcasts. Yes. I think we have a few in the hopper. So uh, until next time. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. A lot of fun. Yeah, it is fun, isn't it? Thank you. Thank you so much for giving us your time today. We truly appreciate our guests for sharing their stories and insights about how intuition has impacted their lives. And I'm so grateful for Peter Trainer for his time in giving me this original music. It's now your turn. It's your turn to listen and act on your own intuition and help make the world a better place. Until next time, keep seeing, being, knowing, and doing. If you like this podcast, please share it. If you want to find others like it, go to www.healingvitality.ca or wherever you would find your podcasts. We would love to have you join us on this journey. Come be a crow sitting in the tree. Be part of our community.